Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, Week 15, Ranks Edition. I'm the Welsh, joined, as always, by Mr. Jake Seeley, Brandon Funston. They are on Twitter at AllInKid and Brandon Funston. Barkley's got some incredible timing, Jake. Um, let's just listen. <laughs> oh, now he stops. Okay. I would, I would just say, you know what? It's she. almost like a, like a sound effect. She. A she. I say he? Yeah, sorry. I hate when people do that, too, because I have a she dog, and my, my mother always is like, oh, he's such a cute dog. And I'm like, mom. You've literally known this dog for five years. It is a girl. It is a girl. As soon as we started, I see my audio and I see it like bouncing just very slightly. <laughs> we could have cut it, but I don't know. I don't, it's kind of a it's kind of a nice background. It's like uh, sitting like a tradition the, at this point. Yeah, it is, sitting by the side of a creek, uh, listening to the Athletic Fantasy Football podcast. Uh, Barkley is with us, so you know you guys are in good hands. And we are getting into Week 15. This is the first round of Sane People's Playoffs. As I said in the last episode, uh, obviously with Monday Night Football gone, the final consolidations have gone through. You know, I didn't ask either one of you this. Brandon, let me start with you. Did you suffer, hand out, or witness any absolutely brutal knockout of the playoffs? Um, maybe you, ha- you didn't, and that's okay. But did you, Brandon, did you experience either one of those that you don't, gave Don't the blow? say flex leagues. I'll explain that whole one. Yeah, yeah. We'll that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the blow, yeah. You take the blow, or you saw someone in your league get knocked out, you know, by the fraction of a point. Any of that? So, yeah. Outside the flex league, uh, which I'll let Jake explain because that's his baby but uh and uh so i saw the matt barry tweet where the guy where he basically said the this is the worst beat i've ever seen which was the guy was like down very minorly and he had kyler murray going one point he was down one point it was like a half of a point it was literally the guy ended up losing by 0.01 or something it was so close kyler murray kyler murray as his versus the patriots defense he was up going into it yeah (laughs) Wait, he was he was up, and then the guy had the, the Patriots he, defense, or the, no, the opponent was, had the Patriots defense. Wow, yeah. wow! Yeah, that one, that's what, that's or maybe there was another one. That's the one I saw. Fonston was uh, very similar because it was eighty something to eighty something, right? And he lost by point like, zero. It was like it was like a point two two to point one eight, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, so, something ridiculous like that. And, and that Matt one hurt. Gets that stuff sent to him all the time. So when he tweets out, "This is one of the worst ones I've ever seen," it's like it's you know it's legit, like really yeah, bad. That, so. This is that uh, I've seen a lot of people throw out this meme, and I think I appreciate it. It's the Willem Dafoe from Spider Man, like you can't do this to me, you know, like that type, like that. I feel that one. All right, so Jake, have you maybe experienced <laughs> seen uh, any really brutal playoff I- knockout blows? 
I had somebody tweet me. I saw one that they had Ramondre Stevenson and Kyler Murray going into that game. And they're like, oh, I'm golden. And they only needed a handful of points. And then Stevenson left and they ended up losing by like two or three. Not quite as imagine, bad as the one you mentioned. Can you imagine you need like, you're like, I need eight points and I've got my starting quarterback and I've got an <laughs> RB1. Starting <laughs> quarterback, amazing. end of sentence. Like, <laughs> just ridiculous. That game was like, every time someone was tackled, they were like lingering on the ground for a little while, you know, and like people were just. I still think out. it was one of my funniest tweets ever where I said, are they playing on a minesweeper field? <laughs> I don't care. You can laugh. I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. Um, for anybody that remembers that guy. Um, what the hell is his name? He put the uh, truck in cars. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, cable guy. Yeah, Larry the cable guy. Larry the cable guy. Gary, so that's funny right there. So I'm pulling it up right now. So we had this discussion on the show last week, and Faustin found out the misery of like there was no way on earth he could make the playoffs. And I was like, because of the points and all that type of stuff. You made it. You made and, a very big case on the last episode. You said, "Hey, points, points." Uh, you you were going on about how, yeah, Brandon couldn't get there. Yeah. You were in because of points. And he's kind of, and he still couldn't get there, even despite what happened. But the crazy thing that happened was, so friend Jeff Ratcliffe was in what third, third place. Third. He was in third place. So I'm not even factoring Jeff Ratcliffe into the conversation we were having last week. So Why it was Funston. Yeah, it was Funston, me, JL Garofalo, uh, Andy Behrens, Rob Waziak, G-Men J, J Felicio, all of us, and Funston. We're all within 50 fantasy points of each other. I had the lead over everybody, and I was like, okay, I'm fine. I just need to have a decent week, and I barely even had a decent week with John Walford, but I did. I had it. I still would have knocked out Funston. The thing was, as Ratcliffe went 0 for 2, because we played doubleheaders, which knocked him out of the top six, Andy and Funston both won two and zero, oh, jumped all the way up, including Pizapia who went two and zero. Oh. They all jumped up, so it knocked Ratcliffe to seven, which knocked me out of the playoffs because Ratcliffe has more fantasy points than I do. So he no. ended up knocking Funston, <laughs> me, Garot, like everybody, and Barons actually ended up making it. So like it was like you could not have made the more perfect storm for all of us that were fighting for those points to get knocked out, including me. <laughs> You and had to I be, be like, then I never become the guy again. that would have been in, like, I would have been like the fifth seed, like, but record wise or whatever. Six seed. Six seed. I would have been the six. Yeah. Seed you were tied with Andy 15 and 13 and then Ratcliffe right. fell to 14 and 14. And then. Wow. What a yeah. great. It, it would was the only one. It was to... the only one of the four flex leagues where points even came into play because of the double headers. It's, it's, it's actually very. This is why I love double headers is I still do the points, but it's very rare that the points actually my home league. It didn't happen. The points didn't matter because. It's still usually the top six scoring teams because the doubleheaders are factor in are usually the teams. What a great like clip, like especially a video clip. This would have been if I pulled the last episode where Jake was like, well, Brandon, you're out. Yeah, see, Barkley agrees. It were, Brandon is out and you're like, Brandon, you're out points. It doesn't matter. Take all of that and then bring it to this moment. <laughs> bring it this way <laughs> and bring it to this moment where Jake is sitting here with his hands out being like, what happened? I don't understand. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's wild. I was just curious. Always curious about those, and you guys can always uh, tweet at at least tweet at me. I, I think Jake would probably like to see them, and Brandon as well. But you can tweet us uh, if you had any horrific bad beat or you saw them. Those fractional point ones are the ones that I would carry with me probably at all times. So uh, hopefully you listening did not experience these, and you are still in the playoffs, so you can have a little bit of fun. And we're going to talk today uh, about all of our plays. We've got our usual Week 15 plays on here. And news and notes. I definitely didn't find all of the news and notes we would want. I feel like maybe 
I don't know, some of it's getting pushed back just a tiny bit with the playoffs coming in and the back end of the season. You know, just everybody that had little markers you wanted to get, like, full information on. But here's what we do have. Uh, Thursday Night Football game is coming up. Uh, we actually don't know about the status at this moment. I assume he's going to play, uh, but Brock Purdy is questionable. Um, we're not going to spend uh, a lot of time on this because I thought you were talking about Ken Walker. I was like, well, you know what time is going to happen. 12.05. Yeah. But or wait, on 105. Inverse, <laughs> yeah, on the inverse of this, Ken Walker looks like he is good to go. So Brock Purdy has got some a questionable mark with the oblique injury. Uh, again, I fully think he will go in this game. But the bigger news for uh, fantasy fans is Ken Walker, I believe, got a full practice in and does not have an injury designation. So mm. the question is, though, well, I mean, we know, but I, I think they took the injury designation off. Jake, I'll start with you then. What is your level of comfort with Ken Walker with that injury and going up against the best defense in the NFL in the first round of your fantasy playoffs? How are you approaching Ken Walker? I have him. So this is funny on a couple. I ranked him as if playing. This is like because it's funny. Like I told you, there's no way there's no winning. I rank him as if they're playing. And then people are like, well, what if he doesn't play? Where would the other people rank? And then if I don't rank him, then they're like, well, where do you rank if he plays? So just like there's no way. Like I, you need, you need to be two like sets of rankings. I was about <laughs> to say you need to be like a Yahoo treating Otani. It's like we're just going to make him two different players. Here's this. <laughs> just here, like, this that's, yeah. that's where he is. <laughs> rank him people. twice. All of yeah. them twice. Yeah, uh, a doppelganger so, any point. Ranks. So I ranked him at 23. I have him right behind Najee Harris and right in front of Raheem Mostert with no Jeff Wilson because of this. We've talked about this on the show many times before, and I've said this many times before. When the replacements are performing well and the player comes back, that tells you the team has confidence they're 100%. The replacements are not playing well. DJ Dallas still hurt, not playing. Travis Homer, the only other running back besides James Conner who had over 90% of the snaps last week. Those were the only two. And Travis Homer in a good matchup didn't do anything, even with the report of Tony Jones getting the heavy carries. And that didn't happen. Like, this tells me, like, we don't know for sure. Yeah, there's no injury designation. That looked really bad when it happened. Couldn't put any weight on it. Was shaking his head. It's only been a week and a half. I I know you have to probably start Ken Walker. But the concerns on top of this, he's facing San Francisco. That's really bad. And on top of it, what do we know about Ken Walker, the player? He gets stuffed a lot. His game relies on a lot of the explosive broken tackle plays. I'm not taking that away from his game. But if any matchup where you're relying that to happen, where he's probably still not 100% because the team kind of, you kind of think they probably rushed him back because they need him. They still have playoff aspirations. I, this is, he's 23 because he could finish 10. He could finish 40. This is going to be, I'll put it this way. I think Funston will agree with this. 23 is not right. 23 is not the right ranking. Somewhere is the right ranking, but that's where I would associate the risk. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I hate not playing your best players, uh, and and he's one of those instances where he is an immense talent. So the idea of putting him on the bench in favor of of guys that would make your stomach turn a little bit is, I think, uh, I mean, the idea of starting even Deontay Foreman over him, if you think from the talent yeah. level, is gross, but that's something you might have to deal with. Brandon, this is your guy. So, I mean, what, what do you think? Obviously, Jake was setting you up. I just wanted to put out there that mentally, especially in the playoffs, I find it so difficult to sit crazy talented players, but there are so many questions and a bad defense sitting in front of him. You throw him out here in the playoffs? Well, we're stepping on my make you think twice a uh, bit that's coming up because this is mm. exactly what's making me think twice. Is, and I, you know, to further step on it, I threw Gino in there as well. But to talk specifically about Ken Walker, I think Jake's right. 23 isn't right because he's not going to be 15 for 60, you know, or whatever. He, he's either, you know, he's got that breakaway potential and there's always, that's the reason why you kind of play them. But if you look at the games before he got hurt, it was like 1.7 yards per carry, 1.8 yards per carry. There was a game against the Raiders where we thought he was just going to go ham because it's the Raiders, and he had like 13 or 14 carries for 26 yards, and his butt was saved by two touchdowns. But they haven't been running the ball well for a while. It's not completely on Ken Walker. I, I think the offensive line just suddenly you know, is having some issues or teams have adjusted, and Seattle hasn't figured out how to, how to adjust back. Uh, but like the running game is not healthy right now. I think that could turn around at any moment, but I feel hesitant about it turning around against the San Francisco 49ers. But weird things yeah. happen at home in rivalry games, you know, like, so we never know. I, I would play him. I would absolutely the, play him, though. The Niners have their moments. It's also really tough because I wish this game wasn't Thursday, so it would make sense to talk more about it. But, you know, it's going to have to be you hardcores that are listening, you know, with five hours between this podcast dropping and the, the game to make that decision. And maybe the most difficult part about all of it is you have to make this playoff decision now. Like, you, you can't wait. Like, you're going to start Ken Walker. You got to go. And you're going to have to live with that. Or you're going to have to play the inverse. Watch this game tonight and think, what if? That's the only way that you can uh, end up playing that one. Also in the news, uh, Brandon Cooks. This is a weird one. So I just wanted to mention this because Chris Moore, one of the top, we talked a lot about it, one of the top waiver wire pickups out there. Nico Collins looks like he's a no-go, which is step one what we want. Then uh, we heard that Brandon Cooks did not practice on Wednesday, and there was a report that he was unlikely to play. Then it reversed, 
and said that because he practiced on Thursday, that there's now possibilities. He might still not play, but he practiced on Thursday. If Brandon Cooks is out there, that kind of defeats the purpose of anything we were doing with Chris Moore, Brandon. No, Jake said this in the last one. It's like, if one or the other, or maybe you said it in waivers, Jake, I'm not really sure, but, uh, and I agree with you. If one of those guys is out, then Chris Moore is a play. Obviously, if both of them are out, he's a, he's, more of an obvious play, but I think, you know, the matchup against Kansas city, what they've allowed to wide receivers, what we expect the, you know, the game script to be, it's going to be conducive to targets for Chris Moore. Once again, he's coming off a huge target game. Sometimes that muscle memory, which is very recent, uh, it just continues on. So like, and who knows, Brandon cooks doesn't sound super healthy. So even if he's out there, is he more of a decoy? Like that's, that's potential as well. <laughs> So I, I, would, I, would, I would still say Chris Moore is in play as a flex. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe I'm making too much about it. Kansas City kind of does prop this up. But I mean, we saw the blueprint of no Brandon Cooks and what it did to Chris Moore. Brandon Cooks is out there. It just I worry because like my comfort level is I want that Chris Moore out there that has the potential at 12 targets So Brandon Cooks there. It's just kind of a question mark. But Jake, you still feel that with Cooks in there, you still can throw him out if you're in a situation where you have to consider Chris Moore. If that makes sense, he becomes more darty than dart yeah. throw before. So I might as well just throw that one out there. Uh, the moops are my dart throws this week. And it kind of gives you a big hint on my other, the start. But I think that uh, similar to Fonston said, I wouldn't say flex. I would say more for me. Uh, I would say more of a wide receiver for if Cooks is out there as in you're looking for a ceiling, but understanding you might get three because uh, yeah. you just go back to last week and the last week with the Denver Broncos, nine targets for Judy. Four or six for Kendall Hinton as the number two. Now, granted, they didn't pass as much, but I mean, does Houston really want to fall back into passing that much? I, I get, I don't disagree with anything Funston's saying. It's just if I knew there was no cooks, I'd be like, okay, that nine, like that's that's a flex play. I know he's probably getting that nine. Now saying five, six, seven adds a little bit of more risk because it's the Houston Texans. So still worthy of a dart if Cooks is out there because I am with Funston the fact that like maybe decoy wise. Uh, but it just adds more risk than it would have been there if it was just Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett, and all the other dudes. Exactly. Um, the Raiders are getting some reinforcements. We designated for return off the IR. They had Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. And I'm going to throw this in as well. You also have a, have a designation for return from the IR with the Eagles and Dallas Goddard. So two big tight ends. Obviously, their ability to play this week is in question. I feel like I've seen less about Darren Waller. Right before this, mm -hmm. I did see some limited practice from Dallas Goddard. He said everything is trending in the right direction, and he's hopeful to play this weekend. So in a weird, wild world of tight ends that we've talked about, obviously we're going to see how tight you're going to push it. This is probably just a no-brainer situation based on the position. To I'm going to throw Dallas Goddard out if he, designate if he does play. I'm going to start him over Foster Moreau in one of my top leagues five. here. Yeah, so top five. And, and what about Waller? I mean, Waller was so eh. Leading up to this, yeah. is Waller in the same space? No, I have Goddard at four. I would actually even start him over Dalton Schultz just because the, the Cowboys don't need Dalton Schultz. I love Dalton Schultz, but this is just start both running backs. This is this blueprint is the Matt Ryan Falcons of the one year where Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman were both RB1s. Like, just start them both. Stop trying to figure it out. So that's why I would start Goddard over Schultz if he's 100%, which, by the way, downgrades Devontae Smith, by the way, because Devontae Smith, I think, his watermark was, what, 40-something yards when Goddard, before he got hurt outside of that one game. So 
there's the concern there. With, with Waller, for me, he falls down to the Dulcich, Everett, Komet, Akonkwu, Evan Ingram. Like, he's in that group because, as you said, it wasn't very inspiring before this, and it's still Devonta Adams first. And if Hunter Renfro's back too, that's just one more mouth in this mix as Matt Collins has been serviceable sometimes. All of a sudden, getting carries out of the backfield. But all that being said, uh, new Debo Samuel. Uh, all that being said is I think that Darren Waller falls into that group where I – kind of tweeted this out as a joke. It's like, just start them both. It's tight end. First of all, you're definitely starting Goddard. And then second of all, just the upside of Waller, just start him. It's tight end. Just start him. Brent, is there anything of concern if like Dallas is not given this 100% healthy, if they just say, yeah, he's going to play, like, is there any holdback for you? Or do you think if he's out there, it's because he's going to get his full run? Yeah, I, I, I exactly. And if he's out there, they're probably, if they're going to limit the, him, then they're probably going to put him out there for plays in which they want to use him, you know, or where they where he's going to be one of the, you know, a, a higher option. So I feel like he can still get his targets and still not, but maybe not get like the, the usual snap count workload. Uh, I will say with the Raiders, like Hunter Renfro, he was, he was healthy at spots along the way. He's just, it hasn't been working out. It's Josh Jacobs one. He had 27 carries last week. He's getting 20 plus carries like most weeks. That game is probably not going to be high scoring, so it's probably going to be Josh Jacobs. Then you got a whole lot of Devontae Adams. I've been trying to play Mac Hollins in a world where there's no Waller and Renfro, and it's been very hit and miss. Um, so you add all those guys in. I just think you just got you go Jacobs, you go Adams, and you just forget about everybody else on the Raiders right now. Yeah, there's some other quarterback ones that uh, to keep an eye on. One positive, I suppose, if you want to call it a positive is uh, Huntley for Baltimore is practicing. So the positive is, is you just don't have Anthony Brown. So that moves what Mark Andrews from a tight end. Don't start to a tight end 10. Maybe I don't know. Uh, just on the back of Waller at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's in that same space, but at least it's not Anthony Brown throwing to him, I guess is what uh, the point is. Going well, they're going to gonna run the ball 40 times like they did last week. Maybe, maybe 50. Let's see if we can get 50 in there. JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Let's see. You get two running backs with 20 carries. I think that's the best play for them. Week 15, uh, our plays, Starting at quarterback, Jake, we're going to start with you. Week 15 quarterback we like more than anyone else, and mm-hmm. yours is fascinating because I highlighted this exact guy on ITL, and it's amazing that we are both saying, <laughs> think about this for a minute. I want everyone to prepare yourself. Think of the name Jake is about to tell you as a quarterback you like more than anyone else. In week 15, the first round of the playoffs, go. Well, let me not name the name first and put it this way. If I told you Daniel Jones was on the waiver wire and you needed quarterback help, in the playoffs facing Saints, who are getting pieces back. That gives you a giant hint who it is. But if I told you Daniel Jones was out there, you'd probably be going to him over Sam Darnold and Andy Dalton and Ryan Tannehill doesn't run anymore. And Jared Goff, who's going to be on the road outdoors in the cold where he doesn't even throw touchdowns against the Jets defense. Start Desmond Ritter. Like if you're looking for the upside, because and the reason I said Daniel Jones and not Jalen Hurts and not Justin Fields is because there's a lot of assumptions that are made a lot of times with quarterbacks that are mobile. I'm thinking for the rushing upside. It's not equitable. He's in Daniel Jones range. He's in that a lot of weeks you're going to get 40, 50 yards, 40 to 50, because Desmond Ritter is a pocket passer who can run. He's not a running quarterback with pocket passing ability. He likes to stay in the pocket. He was one of the most consistent quarterbacks for his entire career in college in Cincinnati. He likes to throw the ball on point. He has some issues with his ball placement downfield and to out routes, which can kind of like take a little bit too long and he ends up getting picked off. But what you're looking for here is where I'll go back to Justin Fields is say, 
you know, he uses Drake London, he uses Zacchaeus, he uses these options and gets 220 and a touchdown through the air and then 40 and a touch on the ground and a touch, right? If it's just 220 and a touchdown and 40 yards rushing, it's kind of like, eh, whatever kind of day. But you're hoping that that rushing, maybe he runs one in himself with how much this team runs and maybe gets a few dump offs to Cordell Patterson, who does himself after the catch. He's in the conversation for me with Tyler Huntley and Mike White, who hasn't thrown a touchdown since his first game. So that's that's why I think Riz, Ritter is playable. Yeah, and you know, my, one of my points too is a pushback, um, not to you, but to, when I was having this conversation with Bogman, it was like, well, rookie quarterback, afraid to get him. Listen, you don't at this point in the season replace your starting quarterback, your veteran, with a rookie to be like, well, we're gonna just hand it off and let him throw seventeen times like Mariota. You're bringing him in to change the culture of it, and you have the trust at this point. You're gonna just let it fly. You needed to change off of what they were doing with Mariota. Ritter is a better passer. They obviously want to go into that space, so I think they're gonna put him in a situation. They're not going to baby him. You know, this, this is not the point of the season where you're going to baby a rookie quarterback into this spot and let him uh, run and hand off a whole bunch. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with this one like to see the Atlanta guys get going. Brandon, you're a quarterback that you like more than anyone else in week 15, the first week of the playoffs. Yeah, well, Deshaun Watson's quarterback 14. I, I look at it, he was awful in week his first week back, a lot of rust we talked about. And even to start, you know, the second game in a much tougher matchup, he was still looking at but like down the stretch I thought he started to look more himself. I think he ended up with 276 yards, uh ran for 30. And now you get Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore has been better, but you look at who they've been better against. It's been like Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton. Uh, you know, they had three interceptions to Mitch Trubisky last week, but Trubisky was like 22 for 30 for 276 yards. Like legitimate quarterbacks have done just fine all year against Baltimore. And I think Deshaun Watson, we're at a point now where we can probably start to think about 40 plus rushing yards, that 270 plus passing yards and a couple touchdowns should be in the equation this week. I mean, I would play him over Tom Brady this week. I'd play him over Gino. I'd play him over Mike White. Um, I would play him over. I have him like right at the at the top ten, uh, right on that borderline. I think Tua is the one going into Buffalo where I would hem and haw a bit on which way I'd want to go there. But I, I think Deshaun Watson's a starter this week. And I'd add to this too. I'm very big on Donovan Peoples Jones this week. Donovan Peoples Jones with 12 targets in this last game. This is a spot where what you do against Baltimore is you throw. They give up the seventh most fantasy points to uh, wide receivers right now. And Donovan Peoples Jones has been a big target. And Watson's getting a little bit more comfortable. So uh, with your Watson play, I'm big on Donovan Peoples Jones this week to get him in those lineups because I think this will be a big game. So I can lock in with that. And that takes us to our week 15 running backs. One we like more than anyone else as our as our start, and one that is a big old dart throw is the dart. Brandon, we will come right back to you. Your start and dart RB for Week 15. I like AJ Dillon because he's running well. The last couple of weeks, he's found the end zone both games. He's getting you know mid teens uh, touches, getting over five yards carry. I like the fact he's playing on Monday night against the Rams. No Aaron Donald. A game where the Rams, I don't know how Rams score point. The Rams score points right now and. If that's the case, this should be a high-volume game. Aaron Jones is not 100%. He'll be in there, but like they've leaned a little bit more on A.J. Dillon because I think of Aaron Jones' health. But I think this is also a game to be very conducive to both of those guys uh, getting a lot of touches because I just don't think Green Bay is going to need to throw the ball a ton in this game. But again, first first week of the playoffs, I love having A.J. Dillon you know, 
as a as your RB two or flex play on Monday night because I think he good chance for a touchdown and should get you some appreciable yardage as well. And he's caught a couple passes each of the last two weeks as well. So hopefully that will continue to roll. Um, my dart is Chuba again, going back to it because he's still. I think he's outside the RB top forty right now. Look at all Carolina wants to do right now is run, run, run. They want to you want to limit you know Sam Darnold's exposure in the passing game. They're still going to throw the ball and actually maybe have another uh, you know Panther coming up here in the wide receiver section. But uh, I I like the matchup against Pittsburgh and Carolina's going to run the ball probably fifty five to sixty percent of the time. And so it's fine for Deontay Foreman, but we have to include Chuba Hubbard here because the last couple of weeks, it's, again, we Jake had Tyler Algier last week as a guy. Like, I don't see a difference here other than the fact that Chuba probably has a little more upside in the passing game than Algier. Uh, Jake, your start at running back and your dart throw at RV. Start as Gus Edwards. Speaking of a team that should run a lot, uh, I know like J.K. Dobbins came out with the huge game, but Gus Edwards got his own share. And if they're going to run the ball forty times, thirty of those are going to go to the running back. So you figure sixteen and fourteen, seventeen and thirteen. There's a lot on the table for Gus Edwards to have a good game if you need running back help. So that one's pretty simple, and it's a great matchup opportunity for them too because it's Cleveland. There's few few teams better to run against than the Cleveland Browns. On the dart throw, despite the fact the past two weeks he is RB10. That's right, he's RB10. This is why I said to draft him in the fourth and the fifth round. This is why I have so many teams, because I was waiting for this moment to is win this, your constant. <laughs> is this why I brought him up three or four weeks ago in conversation? Yes, is yes. This why, that, oh, this is this why is, this, we talk about this. This is, this is why Funston yelled at you. This is... This is <laughs> Because how can you talk Cam- so well with your tongue in your cheek like that? <laughs> Cam Akers, dare you start him uh, in, as the first round of the playoffs, which might actually be the first round of your toilet bowl playoffs if you have Cam Akers, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, but how many actual Cam- playoff teams do you think are rostering Cam Akers <laughs> right Cam- now? I would love to see the percentage of teams that have Cam Akers. That'd because be so it's pre- cool. The thing is, it might be higher than you think because it might be it's people who picked him up after the people yeah. who drafted him dropped him. And such a great what, point. Yeah, such a great point. So, like, so I have Cam Akers right behind Latavius Murray. It's against Green Bay. As of right now, the temperature is going to range from 7 to 17. That is a run game focus. We know how hard it is to throw in that weather. Uh, and Green Bay's run defense is one to run against. So I think Cam Akers is a fringe RB2. And honestly, the past two weeks... So RB10, I can't believe it. We were full circle on Cam Akers. Wow, what a what a arc. What a story arc Cam Akers is gonna have for your fantasy football season. I'm I'm oh, excited you know, to see you know one hundred percent now that we're buying back in, he's gonna go five for eight. And like, <laughs> no, it'll be no, he will be inactive for just Kyron Williams and then they'll play, you know, Ronnie River. It'll be all Ronnie Rivers. That's what Ronnie Rivers. He'll come, back. he'll come back and it'll be all Ronnie Rivers this week. hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Uh let's go over to wide receivers. Week fifteen wide receivers, same play. It's the guy that we like the most more than anybody else. That's our start and our dart throw, our sleeper wide receiver for the week. Jake, we'll go right back to you. Yeah, I already alluded to it earlier. The moops. It is Elijah and Chris Moore. Uh, like Chris Moore, we already covered. Just sticking with that. Uh, he's thirty. He's wide receiver 37 on the season since week seven. I don't think people realize. Like People are like, oh, Chris Moore, one week. No, Chris Moore has done this a couple weeks. He's, he's just It's so overlooked because it's the Houston Texans. And most of his games... Or for everybody that's been asking about Richie James, he's been Richie James-like, like 40, 50, 60 yards, maybe a touchdown here or there. Like That's just what he's doing, which means wide receiver 37, 8.6 fantasy points per game. 
he's usable. There you go. But further up, Elijah Moore, we talked about this on the Monday show. I'm going to come back to it again because I even dove deeper into this. For the year, the Raiders are the only team worse against slot receivers than the Lions are. Uh, and actually, since week eight, the Raiders improve. They jump to 27th. whoop do freaking do But the Lions are dead last. The Lions are just destroyed by slot receivers. And the good part about this is, and we talked about it on Monday, is Denzel Mims replaced Corey Davis. That means Elijah Moore can stay what he's doing out of the slot. Denzel Mims not going to be a factor, especially if the weather is going to be as cold as it is with some flurries as of right now. It doesn't look like it's going to be worrisome weather, but enough that if you even thought Mike White was going to try to go downfield, he probably shouldn't in this weather. And it's going to be a lot of ability for Elijah Moore to see like eight, nine, 10 targets. And if he gets eight, nine, 10 targets, he's probably finishing top 20. I just want to come back. Also, just think of this. Think of the arc of starting Cam Akers and Elijah Moore in week 15 of your <laughs> playoffs when you were experiencing like week four of your of your season. You dominate that consolation bracket. <laughs> yeah, go back to yeah, that consolation bracket. Exactly. Go back. Can we get Allen Robinson off the IR? Throw him there too. Yeah, 100%. All right, uh, Brandon, your start, your dart wide receiver for the week. Well, Jake just wrote down more and more in the in the sheet, so I didn't know – you know, I I thought, well, okay, maybe it's DJ Moore, and it, it wasn't. So you <laughs> I wasn't know what? Thinking that <laughs> uh, DJ Moore is is wide receiver thirty six in ECR. I think he has a little more upside. We saw him go for a hundred yards with Sam Darnold a couple weeks ago. Then he had the ankle injury against Seattle. They had an early lead. Where do you have him? I, think, uh, I haven't finished my rankings, but I have him a little bit higher than that. Um, I'm I, I I'm twenty three, and people are like, in my playoff matchup. So, like, yeah. this is I have him inside wide. the Continue. top 30. I haven't, I haven't settled it out, but I have him inside the top 30. I just think he's going to be a fine play. Look at the history of him and Sam Darnold. It's been, it's been really good. It, and, you know, it's Pittsburgh. They've had their issues in the secondary all year. So I think DJ Moore is absolutely a play. I think he should throw out that Seattle game because Seattle's actually a good secondary. They're a horrible run offense. Carolina jumped up early. I think, you know, because of the ankle injury, which he's going to play, it sounds like he's fine. I think just the whole game was was just a big exit out for DJ Moore and forget about it um, and look more at what he did the week before. Uh, as for the second one, you know, it's funny. I'm going, I'm kind of going back and forth. I, I think it could be really any of the any of the Colts. I mean, uh, but Alex Pierce or Paris Campbell, I think, are a good play against Minnesota. What's that? Ooh, I'm, t- I'm Team Campbell. Uh, I'm, I'm, just team, I'm Team Pierce, and I'm yeah. Team Campbell on this one with you. Well, they're both like right next to each other in the rankings. I think that's fair. I think it could go either way. I think they could both be very uh, serviceable for your for your first round of your fantasy playoffs because it is Minnesota, um, and and, and kind of it's not been Michael Pittman as the clear number one guy. So they're kind of spreading the targets all around. So you don't have to really think about these guys in a, in a hierarchy. Uh, I think it's more like a you know a communal kind of approach at this point, in which you know any of these guys can get six to eight targets, but I. That will work. Funston with the word of day toilet paper over here. What, <laughs> what was the word? What the was the hierarchy. Word? And then the, what was the oh, one after that? Uh, and then the, you said something, or, the commun- communal. Yeah, that's, yeah. 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 I don't think I, I'm kind of, I, I kind of have a little bit of a softer spot for Paris Campbell because the consistency feels like it's been there a little bit more with Alec Pierce. It's been a little bit more peak Valley. Uh, so if I'm playing floor, I'm going Campbell. If I'm going ceiling, I, I, I would agree it's Alec Pierce. 
on both of your uh, on both your teams as far as Minnesota goes. Minnesota giving up the most yards to starting wide receivers in uh, any other team and giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers in the entire NFL. And on Pittsburgh's side, Pittsburgh is one of nine teams that on average gives up a touchdown, a full touchdown to wide receivers. Only one of nine teams in the NFL that there's a guaranteed touchdown going to a wide receiver. And if it's going to go anywhere, it's going to go to DJ Moore. Um, all right, let's go and take a look. We are down to what's got you thinking twice. Brandon, you kind of already talked about it. I don't know if you have any other take on it when you were talking about Ken Walker and, uh, you also mentioned Gino on the Thursday. Gino. Yeah, I would not, I would, I don't, I have not, I do not have him ranked as a top 12 quarterback this week. You look at his game log this year. The one game that's decidedly worse than the others is the San Francisco game. Um, they couldn't move the ball. That was, it was just like their worst game by far of the year. This is the best defense. Gino's been a two touchdown machine all year long. I don't know how he, I, I don't see him throwing two touchdowns in this game. And I think one of Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf is going to end up killing you. I, I, I'm leaning more towards DK being that guy um, because he was the last time they played. Tyler Lockett and I think Kevin like 100 yards. And Tyler Lockett's to me the guy that feels a little bit more matchup proof. But. Um, yeah, Gino. Gino's out of my top twelve. I, I'm starting Trevor Lawrence over him specifically in a, in a fantasy game I have. So uh, that's what's got me thinking twice. And what's relative about that is uh, Gino's rocking a eleven QB QB eleven ECR. So that's why that is very relative there. Jake, what's got you thinking twice in week fifteen? Uh, two big names, honestly. Uh, Saquon Barkley is one of them. Uh, we have this neck news going on again all the way through Friday. Guess what? Sunday night football, everybody. You. It's mm-hmm. going to be tough to wait on this one against the Washington Commanders defense, which has been great against the run most of this year. Possibly the return of Chase Young. There's a lot not to like in this game for Saquon Barkley if you get anything like we did last week, where I don't expect it to get away from them, similar to last week, but just bottled up a few amount of plays. Maybe they spell more with Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell. Like I'm not saying Saquon Barkley in your playoffs, but you if you do it, I'm not going to say you're crazy, and especially because you have to wait for 8 p.m. Your backup plans at that point are on the other side of the ball, which are rostered, and then Cam Akers, and then A.J. Dillon, and uh, Aaron Jones. So you're probably maybe Akers and Dillon. So again, and then the bigger problem with this is we also have T. Higgins at 4 o'clock after what just happened last week. Four o'clock game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers this entire year have been really dominant against number two wide receivers. They've been good against ones, but they've had given up some games, but really good against number twos. And four o'clock game, you're waiting on T. Higgins. And even if we do get good reports, who knows? Because Zach Taylor's full of duck poo and somehow got that through where T. Higgins just came out immediately in that game and didn't play. T. Higgins and Saquon Barkley could be on your bench for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, going into our final one, I do want to uh, give you a little note here for any of you Friday or uh, yeah, Friday, Saturday listeners. It's not going to really matter. But uh, for you Thursday listeners, Adam Schefter literally just tweeted less than a minute ago that Brock Purdy is expected to start versus Seattle, regardless of the oblique injury. So if that was looming for anybody, maybe good for tight end George Kittle, who did get a whole bunch of targets, like five targets in the first half. And then the Niners didn't have to care about it in the second. I expect him to see more in the Seattle game. But That takes us to how tight the end can truly get, Jake. There are some names that are coming back that we talked about, but how low can you go and how silly are you going to get? Fuss is on (laughs) one of my picks from the past two weeks, Uh, so I'm going to mention something that I mentioned earlier this week. If you play on Yahoo, there's a new Taysom Hill. 
And there's a new Taysom Hill who spends more time on the field than Taysom Hill because he's 50-50 splitting quarterback snaps. Jeff Driscoll, everybody. And if you want to shake your head, blame it on the Texans who listed him as a tight end last year and said his time at quarterback was done. So it's not Yahoo. Yahoo was just listening to what the Houston Texans said and looking at the Houston Texans roster. And he is eligible at tight end. I'm not starting him over Dawson Knox and Hunter Henry and Gerald Everett and Cole Komet. But if you're thinking about another Taysom Hill and you're saying like, why not? Maybe I get 18 points. Congratulations if you play on Yahoo and need a tight end. I don't know. I've always felt that like there's a little bit worthy of a tiny bit of intervention in how things are <laughs> like done. league like intervention. I, we did it before yeah. when Michael Thomas was drafted and on a lot of sites, they had him as tight end eligible because the, a lot of sites didn't know or were, I don't know what mistake was made that year. There was a few leagues that I was in where it said, you can't play him at tight end. You, you yeah. can only play him at wide receiver. Like, it's just it, a, I think of Yahoo has a history of this though. I mean, they were the oh. one place where Marcus Colston, then they had Joe Webb. You remember Joe Webb, the quarterback for Minnesota? Marcus Colston was the other one. Yeah. Him and Michael yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Well, I won a league in, in a Yahoo league with Tim Tebow as my quarterback and Joe Webb, who was also quarterbacking that week for the Vikings as my as my like tight end or my wide receiver. So um yeah, they've had a history of doing and this for a long Yahoo time. Yahoo also had one in baseball where Anthony Rizzo, because he shifted over near second the base. Second tw- base. Yeah, that that they gave him fractional points of second base eligibility until later in the year he qualified as a second baseman. Never played it in his life. He was a first baseman, I just want to point out. So <laughs> Yahoo has had that, but I believe in a little bit of a league intervention here. All right, Brandon, um lock us out and get us out here. How tight is that end gonna get? Well, I would I mean Taysom Hill's tight end 15 ECR. It's kind of like the same lines. Like he's, I mean, he threw a pass, caught a pass, running the ball. You got Atlanta, a team that he ran for 80 yards against in week one, uh, coming off the bye. You got a feeling that maybe they have a, a few more Taysom Hill cards up their sleeve. So I just, just watching him last time, he's, they use him every which way. And I only feel like that's just going to continue. Um, so I would, I would play him. And Aconquo is, is last five weeks tight end nine. I think that's where you need to rank him. Going against the going against the Chargers this week, he's catching big passes. He got um, and ECR is thirteen. I think you got to rank him nine. Like I think you got to rank yeah. him inside the top ten. Uh, plus you have Traylon Burks is still out with the concussion. Robert Woods is sick. Like play action off of Derrick Henry is going to be huge in this game, in my opinion, against the Chargers. So that should work out well for a Conquo again. I'm doing the exact same. Friends, if you guys want all your rank and your rank updates, make sure you are locked into The Athletic and All In Kid on Twitter. You can get all the updates, get his rank article. It's great. There's a, also a whole breakdown of the best Christmas, I think, uh, scenes. Light shows. That you can Light find shows, on yeah. You had really, videos. Fun. I wanted to point out, I, I don't know what took more time, the actual ranks this week or going and getting every... I'm, I swear to God, because I was looking at the article last night, there is a YouTube video of every light show for all the entire article in there. So you and want to a be sizable honorable mention section as well. He's very, Jake is very passionate about. And uh, this, this is the most, <laughs> just don't go to the Richmond raceway in Virginia. <laughs> it's ridiculous, dude. Uh, it, it is something that is you're passionate about. Plus the ranks and you get a ton more. I highly suggest you go check it out. If you're not with the athletic, go and sign up, get hooked up and prepare yourself for the first round of the playoffs. That is it. We will be back next week, breaking it all down for Brandon Funson on Twitter, Brandon Funson for Jake Seeley at the all in kid. I am Chris Welsh on Twitter. at Is it the Welsh? Good luck in your playoffs. We'll talk to you next time right here on the athletic fantasy football podcast. Hey, hey. 
Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.